Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going pretty good. You know, I'm uh, on day whatever, 60-something of the lockdown, and I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. You know, the the only complaint I have is that uh, I'm not getting to see movies in theaters. I really like to go to movies in theaters. Me too, actually. I love seeing movies in theaters. That's one of the, the two protests I had was, I don't get to see movies in theaters and all the bookstores are closed, but bookstores are starting to open again. So now I, yeah, my major yeah, complaint is, but there's not, I, I, that's interesting that you also like seeing movies in theaters. Not many yeah. people do. No, I do. And I will go by myself and watch movies. Um, you know, I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, I love it. It's my thing. It's my jam. Cool. cool. So we want to jump into some of the, stuff in the news recently there was uh central park karen uh this lady calling the cops on a black man in central park and there was also george floyd is his name yeah george floyd yeah george floyd who was killed by a minneapolis police officer uh Mm -hmm. kneeling on his neck is my understanding um So I wanted to talk about them together explicitly because a friend of mine posted on Facebook a photo of Central Park Karen and a photo of Floyd George saying this leads to that, right? So the implication is, you know, these are both explicitly terribly racist acts. And um, because, you know, we let society or society does act in the more casual racist way, let's call it like Central Park Karen, that is why then we get to, um, you know, the unfortunate death of, of uh, that gentleman. Um, George Floyd, yeah. George Floyd, my apologies. Um, and so, you know, two things come to mind for me I, that I just want to touch on, one for each of them. I read an article about the Central Park incident, and the African-American man explicitly said that he threatened the woman's dog that she would not like what he did to it or something along those lines. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I do think that's relevant. And I also, I wonder how relevant it is that she on the phone call called him an African American man. Right. Right. So yes, like she did call attention to a black guy is threatening me, not just a guy is threatening me. So that's interesting to talk about both of those aspects. And with George Floyd, I think, you know, I don't know if it was racially motivated. I think two things that are just more important to talk about, in my opinion, is one, a cop shouldn't lean on anyone's neck for nine minutes. That's like absurd. And there's no reason for that. It doesn't make any sense to me. And two, I'm not sure what this guy was being, you know, held for or arrested for. But the fundamental issue with a lot of the Uh, you know, people being killed by cops is why are cops enforcing a bunch of shit they shouldn't be enforcing? (laughs) Right. right. Fundamentally, why are we adding guns to prevent people from living their lives in a myriad of different ways? And so those, I mean, maybe I'm just insensitive and blunt, but that's what comes to mind for me for each of these issues. But I'm very interested to hear your take. No, I think I think your friend friend is right in a sense that this leads to this, but it's it's not um, it's not. I don't think it's what he's talking about. I think I think this is that we need violence and violent enforcers to solve a problem um, that 
in society and, and that we, our default is to continually go to these violent enforcers um, to, to solve our problems. So let's start with Central Park Karen. Uh, I think her name was Amy Cooper. Uh, the guy that called uh, the cops or, or the guy that uh, she called the cops on, his name was also Moody, apparently, uh, I, I believe. Or uh, was it Moody or Cooper? No, Cooper. It was Amy Cooper and his name was Christian Cooper or something like that. Mm. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> interesting, kind of a, a weird, uh, I don't mm. know, maybe a glitch in the matrix or something like that. <laughs> uh, a repeat of some code that are, uh, are the people running the simulation uh, need to clean up yeah. anyways. Um, <laughs> no, the, the I, I don't really buy the theory that he was threatening her. I saw the same thing that he said to her, he claims to have said to her that, you know, if you have the freedom to do whatever you want, then I have the freedom to do whatever I want and you're not going to like it. And then he talks about how he's going to to call a dog, dog over yeah. and give him a dog treat. And apparently the guy had a, a utility belt with a bunch of dog treats because his pet peeve is people letting their dogs run around off leash in on leash areas and jump up on people. So he's, he's going to start, his thing is to feed these dogs treats and like, you know, uh, call them away from their owners so that it looks like their owners don't have control, I think is, is how I take it. Right. And basically kind of shame the owners and, you mm-hmm. know, make them freak out that someone's feeding their dog or something like that. That's how I took it. That's not a threat to me. Uh, right. You know, what is a threat is calling a cops, calling people who are violent enforcers on a guy who's asking you to put your dog on a leash and follow the rules in that area. Um, so, you know, she was completely in the wrong. Now uh, he's a bit of a dick, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go around and make it my pet mission to make sure people aren't, you know, he's a bit of a Karen himself. Right. Right. And actually, can I jump in quickly? Because I was going to say if the roles were reversed and there was like a black guy with his dog off the leash and some 40 year old white lady going around and like getting mad at everyone whose dogs are off their leash, that's a Karen, right? My, and right. and that we'd just be hearing, and if she particularly got on cam, caught on camera, like harassing a black man about his off-leash dog, we would definitely talking be talking about how that's so racist too. Right, right, yeah, that's a good point. And and had he called the cops on her and said, "Hey, there's a white lady here with her dog off the leash." threatening would we say that that's a racially motivated thing or would we just say that he's describing the person who's right. who's there i'm worried about so you know this lady it sounds like they were having just like a back and forth conversation that she wasn't even that scared of him or intimidated by him uh but <laughs> as soon as he pulls out the phone and as soon as like you know, he, she's got, he calls a dog over and then she starts going nuts, right? Cause things aren't going mm-hmm. the way she wants anymore. And she starts having a tantrum and losing her mind. Um, I, I'm not, I, I don't buy that. She was that threatened by him. Like she could have left at any point. She, you know, she could have put the, if she was that threatened by him, she would have put the dog on the leash as soon as he asked her to rather than waiting till he pulled right. out a treat or something like that. So I don't buy any of that stuff. I don't think she was threatened. I also don't think it was a racial thing. I think she just wasn't getting her way and she had a tantrum. And yeah. I think she would have had that tantrum, whether that was a white dude, a Latino dude, a right. woman. But it just uh, wouldn't have blown up, right? I feel like they're, bl- that, right. I think like they're both, they both just seem like people I don't want to spend any time with, right? 
But you've made a good yeah. point that she probably wasn't threatened. And I just kind of took right. for granted from what I read that she may have been. But to right, the, right. the bottom line is, I think this is a stupid situation between two shitty people that we're only talking about because one is black. Right. And that's yes. what frustrates me. Yes. Is like, I don't care about these two shitty people treating each other shitty in the park. That probably happens all the time. Right. And so I think the, the yeah. race. I mean, look, I, I've had ladies act like that towards me uh, for minor shit as well. Right. right. Who, uh, you know, and and threaten to call the authorities and like lose mm -hmm. their mind. And had they been on video and had I been black, maybe it would make the news. Right. But I mean, I, I just don't see this as a very extraordinary um, situation. Right. I, I just no, think but any time we can like cry race. Right. Uh, we like to. Yes. The yes. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the thing is this, again, this is race baiting. This is division. The media wants to divide us. They want to divide us based on our skin pigment. They want to divide us based on, um, you know, they, they want to create an oppressive class and an oppressor class, uh, an oppressed class and oppressor class, and they want to pit us against each other. Uh, and this is both sides of the media, by the way, because then you have the, the right meat, wing media claiming how the whites are being oppressed and right. you know these yeah. um the, the mainstream media is oppressing so, if just, anything these two are just a perfect personification of the state of the culture right now a bunch right, of shitty right. people who i don't want to spend any time with right exactly <laughs> but, exactly but and, and the one thing one positive thing i'll say about this christian moody guy that um that was um you know asking her to put her dog on the leash leash. Um, he, he did make a comment later in an interview saying that he thinks that, that she didn't deserve to be fired. Like that, that's going too far. That's not going to solve the problem or something like that. Right. So right. I thought that was big of him to say at least, right. That he's, you know, it seems like he's trying to extend an olive branch and just say, look, she's not as bad as everyone's making her out to be, right, but he's but kind of caught in a trap as well because if he says it's not about race or this or that, I mean, he's going to be vilified and crucified. Right. Yeah. And so even if you Blood know, traitor. Like, I don't know that he was thinking this is a racist thing right now, but you know, as soon as his sister, I mean, it's his sister that tweeted out the video that he took. Right. Um, and so maybe his sister had something invested in, in promoting this um, racial narrative or something like that. So, right. but I mean, he seemed like a more reasonable person, um, here, even though I think it's a bit of a dick move, but then again, look, I'm not the one walking out there having dogs jump on me and trying to enjoy a peaceful walk and people never controlling their dogs. And it, it does suck having off leash dogs come and jump on you, especially if you have kids or if you're trying to have some solitude and you don't, yeah. you know, so I can well, see I think, why he might be getting frustrated by that and want to deal with it. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, 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 and, and I, I like the fact that. that like, if it, the other thing I liked about him is that the way he dealt with it wasn't by calling authorities, right? He had his own little way of dealing with it, which was, I'm going to give him a treat and that's going right. to piss the owner off and maybe they'll learn their lesson. Right. Right. So he's, he was trying to take personal responsibility to deal with it that's himself rather than call the authorities. So I, I, I tend to think that Christian wasn't even as big a dick as I initially thought. And um, you know, for, but yeah, I mean, you've made good points that have made me rethink it. Not that I thought about it much in the first place, right? But because, right. uh, like, again, I don't think incidents like these even warrant media attention. Um, but it's interesting. And before we jump to the other, you know, 
issue, I want to highlight what the libertarian solution, like the, from my perspective, the issues are, one, this is a public park, so there's no actually enforced rules. Whereas if you had private parks, then you'd have people making sure right. the rules are followed, leash area, off-leash area. It's just a very different environment when it's actually someone's rules put in place and not just the yep. ether of the public space. And two, you don't have someone crying and calling the cops at the first sign of disagreement, right? You have people yeah. taking responsibility. How can, I how can I resolve this? I don't have to call the people with guns. Um, right. So I think those are two important points of how this situation would be handled, uh, would exist in a completely different ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the first line of uh, defense would be ostracism as well in a libertarian thing, right? It's just like, look, you're not allowed, like we've got you on video. You, if you do this again, you won't be allowed in our park. We're going to stop you from coming into our park. Right. You just won't be allowed onto our property anymore because this is for the enjoyment of people in the park, right? That's yeah. why we have these rules. So, and yeah. So moving on to the, the next topic um, or the next incident, you had said like, okay, you know, the friend of mine who posted was clearly making a race connection, right? What Central Park Karen leads to uh, George Floyd being killed and you know, you were implying that no, actually, the the excessive use of force all of the time for everything, uh, and her calling the cops for nothing is what that mentality is what leads to George yeah. Floyd being killed. So why don't you get fill me in a bit more about the George Floyd incident? Because all I've seen is just like I said, a guy uh, kneeling on his neck, a police officer kneeling on his neck for. Uh, apparently nine minutes, which is just, that's absolutely, this cop should be fired just for that, regardless right. of the outcome of death. Um, that's just absurd yep. to me. Um, but tell me, let fill, fill myself and the, the listeners in a bit more. Sure. Well, my understanding is that this guy, George Floyd was uh, sitting in his SUV and uh, the charge or allegation against him was that he was writing forge forgeries or forged forging checks or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure who called it in. I've, I've seen something on Facebook where someone says he, he wasn't even writing forgeries. It was a false accusation or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, at any rate, the cops investigated. You could argue that they had the right to investigate and something they saw, um, you know, said that, that we need to detain him and, and investigate this or something. Um, and there's video that's now emerged of them initially cuffing him and investigating him and he doesn't appear to be resisting at all i mean he doesn't seem happy but he's not fighting them or struggling mm -hmm. he's just kind of like like saying something to them like really guys like you know something like that right and you know they they bring him over sit him against the wall then some more cops came over and they pick stand him up and he's kind of walking they're walking him to a patrol car then there's a, a gap between that and now we're cut to a video where this cop is kneeling on his neck and we have bystanders around videotaping him and saying, Hey, is, this is excessive. And uh, you know, the guy saying, I, I can't breathe. It hurts everywhere. There was actually three cops on him. You couldn't see the other two, but there's another angle or a picture where there's, mm. uh, there's a guy on his chest and there's also a guy on his legs and this guy on his neck. Now, if we want to be charitable to the cops, we could, we could assume that the reason he's now in that position, whereas, you know, five minutes before everything seemed to be compliant and he was, you know, it was one cop walking him and, 
you know, there didn't seem to be too much in the way of jostling or fighting going on. Mm-hmm. What, what happened where he's now on the ground? Um, I have to think that maybe he did something. Okay. Maybe he fought back or resisted in some way where now we need to gain control of the suspect or whatever. But I mean, it's, it didn't look like it was that hard to control him, right? Like mm-hmm. they should have been able to get control very quickly. And why didn't they have him in the back of a, of a patrol car? Why did they right. have him on the street for nine minutes? Why? Like there were all sorts of patrol cars around there. They could have just thrown him in the back of one. He could have banged the walls or done whatever he was going to do or if, mm-hmm. assuming that's what he was doing. Um, or, you know, maybe like I, I saw in the first video, um, where they're leading him over to patrol car, he falls down. Like he kind of trips and falls. Um, it looked like his legs were weak or, or something like that, or maybe mm-hmm. he lost his balance. So maybe he was experiencing a bit of a, some medical issues or something that made it difficult for them to get him to comply and move into the positions they wanted him to or something. Like we saw this recently in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta, where the stormtrooper was arrested. Did you see that? Yeah. That article? And this girl physically couldn't do everything they were asking her to do because of the constraints of the outfit. And she ended up like they they were warning they were going to shoot her. Like they were yelling at her in a very intimidating way with guns drawn to to like follow our orders right now or else kind of thing. And, and I, I think it was like, she couldn't move in a pro anyway, she ended up getting a bloody nose trying to comply with their orders um, because she just couldn't move that way. So it could have been one of those situations where they want you to move in a particular way, but you can't for whatever reason. And they just escalate and say, you're resisting again. This is the problem with using force to solve all these things. And, and these cops don't seem very good at it at all. Like, no. it seems to me you should be able to, like, if, if you're going to be up close, putting, you know, constraining hands behind the back and getting people into a safe position, you should at least have some jujitsu skills. Like you should be at mm-hmm. least maybe a purple belt in jujitsu or something right. to do that. Cause these, these cops seem terrible at it. And then leaning on the guy's neck for nine minutes. That's insane. Um, the guy was well under control. Uh, you know, the, yeah, there's and, and absolutely why? no need for that. So at the very least, these cops are completely out of their element in terms of being able to use force. Um, and, and why is that? So why is it that these cops can use this amount of force and it seems like they can do it with impunity. I think part of the reason is that they have no skin in the game. There's no liability on them for using too much force. Right. In fact, it's the other way around. Like if they don't use enough force, like they, they, they're going to err on the side of using too much force than too little force because you know, their, their safety is probably threatened unless they use a lot of force and they're never going to have to, um, have any repercussions if they use too much force like they're they're never going to have any personal repercussions personal liability where they are on the hook for a wrongful death or something like that so i think you know those are two things and then this is a kind of a a criticism or a, a strike against the idea of having a monopoly on the use of force and having one institution that has it's you know there's no competitors like if we had some competition in the kind in the enforcement market the the best uh the the best business model would be one where the minimal amount of force is used or ideally even no force is used right like ostracism like listen unless you voluntarily arrive 
for judgment and for um, for for your uh, trial or whatever. Uh, you, you're not going to be able to go on these private roads. You're not going to be able to rent from anyone. You're not going to be able to live in society at all. So you can choose to go live out in the wilderness, away from society, ostracized, and never here. Or you can you can show up to court, have your day in court, and if you're found guilty, we'll we'll find a path for justice for you where you repair, you know, the wrongs you have done, and show that you have been rehabilitated, and then we'll open up society back up to you. Um, or you can just live in the wilderness forever. Uh, or you might be found innocent, and then you're you're back to full freedoms again. So you know, that's how I would prefer these things be handled. That, that wouldn't even require any force. That would just be, look, dude, you can't come, you can't go anywhere now. You're now, you know, basically out in the wilderness. Uh, and, but now we have this thing where we're hunting people down for, and using force without any accountability whatsoever. And this is the predictable result of that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, uh, we won't get into whether or not the free market of force, let's call it, would would be a better solution or not. But I think the the fundamental thing is that force is way too often used. And I think like these cops are clearly incompetent. They can't perform their profession well, and they should not have behaved in this manner. Right? The, this is unacceptable, yeah. and people and they should be held accountable. They should be held accountable for this death. It was not like a necessary death in the line of duty or anything like that. No. Right. But I think, so I, I take that almost for granted, like clearly these cops are in the wrong. Right. But I think what people are focused on is the race of the victim. Right. And the idea right. is that the rate, like this type of thing happens way more to black men than to white men. Um, and I don't have the stats to know that, but I think still the fundamental issue is why is this happening at all? It's more important right. to talk about why is this happening at all and get everyone on that page rather than always trying to make this an issue of race. Because the thing right. is, when government has unlimited power and these cops have unlimited power, probably some of them are racist. Probably some of them are explicitly racist. Probably some of them are implicitly racist. And they're maybe more scared of black guys or whatever it is. But the yeah. thing is to then jump to say, well, the culture is racist. Society is racist. Like those entities don't exist. There is no culture that's racist. There are a bunch of people. And so the more you allow people to have like freewheeling force, let's say, the more there, that some of those people will be racist, right? Yeah. And And I think... I think that's the important thing, right? It's terrible this guy died. These cops should be, you know, you know, assuming the facts are as I understand them, they should be charged with his murder. Um, mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean society is racist, right? Maybe these cops are racist. We don't even know. You'd have to have a lot more information. They shouldn't have treated anyone this way. And I think that's the important thing to focus on. And no one should be able to be treated this way. And when that's the case, the fact that some people are racist matters less, right? right. And I think that is the important point in my mind. Um, but as we people just think in such collective terms that the idea that, no, there's a racist cop, maybe, that's not what they talk about. It's everybody's racist. Look at, and yeah. that's what, you know, the friend of mine on Facebook was connecting. 
oh, here's a racist lady, probably, maybe. Here's a racist cop, probably, maybe. Therefore, all society is clearly racist. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, I just don't buy that, right? Yeah, I, I don't buy it either. I don't, I don't see it in, well, put it this way, I don't see it in my day-to-day life. Like, right. like people I hang out with, with I work with, um, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't see it. But then, then again, you know, I'm not in a minority um, where, where I would necessarily, necessarily feel that either. Um, but I, I think it's, it's very clear that the, the media is, if not racist, at least racialist, right? They, they want to divide us by along yeah. racial lines and make this about the pigment of our skin and determine that this cl- this group of people are oppressors based on the fact that their skin's a certain way. These people are always victims based on the fact that their skin's a certain way. And so that anytime you see those two colors in in a news story, it's immediately about oppressors and oppressed. Right. And that serves um, the, the media's interests and it serves uh, the, the political master's interests. It, you know, it serves all those people, but it doesn't serve any of us. And most of us aren't that way, but I think more and more people are becoming that way. You know, I've, I've seen more than a few people um, this, well, say, d- deny being racist and now be like, fuck it, you know what? fine. If, if you're going to call me a racist, I'm racist. Yeah. Right. I, I'm going to stick up for my, for, for being white. Right. And so, so this is how the racism develops, I think is, mm-hmm. is um, in, in a lot of ways, right. Uh, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and yeah. maybe that's where racism in, in, in different minority communities develops as well, where um, they're constantly told the story that, you know, because they're black or whatever, they're a certain way. Okay. You want me to be that way? Then I'm going to be that way kind of thing. It's, yeah. It might be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. I don't know. There's a really good quote. One of my favorite lyrics of all time is from a childish Gambino song. And it says, every black, you're not black enough is a white. You're all the same. Every, and so it, right. yeah, ev- every black, you're not black enough is a white. You're all the same. And as soon as you assume someone should behave a certain way because of their race, whether it's because they're not acting black or because, right? right? So it's like if a black person says you're not acting black, that's the same as a white person saying, well, all black people are the same, right? And it's these tribal groups saying, no, we should have one mind. We should have one view, right? And that's why, you know, around the Central Park thing. Or Joe Joe Biden's uh, uh, recent uh, comment there on uh, Charlemagne the God's uh, podcast or radio show. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Where he said, you know, he he started talking kind of like in an urban way, right? With Charlemagne, he's like, well, put it this way: if you, you know, you ain't black if you vote in Trump or something like that, right? He said, Joe Biden said that. Joe Biden said that. That's so funny. basically, again, this idea that all people of a certain race ought to act the same, right? Yeah, and I mean, definitely it's worth talking about tribalism more broadly because it's a huge issue. Um, but I think that like the important thing is to look at fundamental principles, which no one has the ability to do, right? Um, you know, why is there a person standing or kneeling on another person's neck? Look at yeah. that first. Deal with why that can happen. Don't look right. at color why can this situation happen when this situation shouldn't? What fundamentally is the reason? 
and then you can deal with everything else. But people have it completely backwards and, it, and you're never going to solve yeah. the problem and people just retrench um, because it's not even rational, right? To claim everyone is racist, then if, oh, if I'm, you know, pushed into my group and I don't know how to think and I can't rationally explain why it's wrong, well, then, yeah, this is my group and screw your group. And that's literally what we've gotten to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing to say about this is, is the psychology that police officers have when they are, um, when, when it's their job to continually use force against people, right? And uh, like, I've, I've had uh, a For few friends. Things. Yeah, I, I've, I've had a few friends um, go into the police service because they wanted to protect and serve, right? They had all these kind of noble ideas. And I yeah. see a change in their psychology over time where they're very, very cynical and suspicious of everyone. Like, like it, mm -hmm. it's, it's really us versus everyone else. Like it's the cops versus everyone else. And right. it doesn't take much for them to see you as absolute scum and be disgusted by you. And, and, and like, you know, it can happen very quickly if you dress a particular way, if you're like protesting yeah. something, if you're, you know, so I suspect I, I have, I have no doubts that these cops that were on top of uh, George Floyd saw him as scum in some way. Right. And, and that, you know, uh, we're going to kind of teach you and show you and I, you know, I'm going to like sit on you until you stop squirming and stop complaining. And I have complete compliance, you scum kind of thing. Right. I, I have no doubt that that was going on. Um, I, I, the thing is, is that I think that would happen to a white guy as well, right? I, I don't think right. that they they discriminate on who they think is scum. It's like, if we think you're scum, you're scum. If, if we think you're committing a crime uh, or you're acting a particular way or you're protesting this arrest or you're dressed a particular way, yeah, you are you fit the stereotype for scum and, and we're going to teach you. You right. know, I and see I it all the time on the job. I, I just do. And, you know, um, it, it's like... I, I, the last one was a white woman who was, who called her or texted her boyfriend that uh, she was going to kill herself. And, you know, they had a, a, she had a pit bull when we went into the house. So I closed the door and, and we called the police, our, our procedures to call the police, make the scene safe. And they escalate things to the 10th degree and just treat her like crap. And, you know, I would have had that thing dealt with if it weren't for the pit bull, I would have deescalated it. I would have found out the story. I would have, made some reassurances, connected her to some help and mm -hmm. been gone. Right. And respected her wishes, but they escalate things to the point where they're threatening to arrest her and form tenor like under the mental health act and do all these things. Just, uh, you know, th this is the mentality that police have. And that could situation could have just as easily escalated into her fighting and them, you know, pushing her down onto the ground and, and, you know, restraining her in a way that suffocated her, you know, uh, these things happen when you use force and when you have that psychology, regardless of what your race is. Right. And so I, again, I think it's important that c clearly there seems to be an issue with cops generally and, and their psychology and, and how often and how frequently they use force, but like, we're not going to be able to address that fundamental issue unless people agree that's the issue worth talking about, right. but it gets conflated and it gets um, derailed. And so until we kind of clear out this noise and actually talk about the fundamental thing that's going on, 
we're not going to be able to make a change, which is unfortunate. And I mean, I'd have to look at the data to see if it is more black people than white people. I'm not sure. But again, that's not a primary, even if that's the case. That's a symptom um, of the problem. Yeah, well, the the I mean, the stats I've shown I've seen are that, yes, blacks uh, get arrested more. They have more interactions, disproportionately more interactions than um, than white people in general. But then, you know, when you control for things like. uh, like uh, socioeconomics, like neighborhoods and all that kind of mm. thing. It's it's like particular neighborhoods, like ghettos. Okay, ghettos are right. where a lot of crime happens, and um, you know those are disproportionately filled with uh, black people, and you know they're in desperate situations and they're growing up without fathers, and like there's a lot of ways in which the government has ruined the black community. You know, coming mm. out of the Civil War, and and like blacks had really tight families the trend line was going up uh they had they had uh, higher rates of um legitimate children okay non-bastards let's say than than whites did from what i understand but then we bring in um unions left-wing unions and racism and all this stuff that that's designed to like minimum wage wage laws okay that was designed mm. to keep black people out of the labor market um, that was designed by Democrats to keep them out of the labor market. Then you get welfare, get them dependent, right? Towards, you know, people. So at mm. every, at every step of the way, they were there, they were handcuffed by big government. And, um, and, and so it's no wonder that these communities based on these racial, racially charged laws of, you know, 75 years ago, a hundred years ago are now, um, have created this this environment and this culture where that produces more criminals right and it's the same in any any it, it does that's not even a racial thing it's like you, you can go to welfare communities trailer parks you'll see the same type of things yeah it's people that come from these types of environments where single mom welfare a uh, lot of gangs around where young men are looking for that connection that fraternity that you know normally a father would give them they're finding it with gangs. They're getting into trouble. Those are the areas where you're going to have have more uh, crime and more interaction with the police. So, um, so that that's one thing. And now, there have been also, I, I think, some studies shown. I, I I just heard about this on Ben Shapiro's show, where more recently cops are more hesitant to enforce laws or use force against black people because of all the pushback that mm. they they get from the media. And so if you're committing a crime, um, this one study showed that you're more likely to have excessive force used against you if you're white than if you're black. Um, and, and, you know, I, I could understand that as well. So, mm. so again, you know, I think once you control for all these variables, it's kind of like the gender wage gap, right? If you just look at the surface, you'll say, okay, well, women make 75% of what men make that, that one theory is sexism, but right. when you control for marriage and a few other variables, the wage gap disappears. And, mm. um, and, and so how can it be sexism? It's just that uh, some people like women choose different, different paths than men, uh, you know, and, um, well, and that's and, the and thing so, is, yeah, they can choose different paths because they're each individuals making their own choice, but they're not behaving on mass. 
but it's easier to deal with just, oh, the mass is this, right? And they don't want to right. talk about individuals and things like that. And I'll just, I'll end by saying that I think, you know, we talked about the communities and, and you know, whether people are growing up in ghettos and gangs and this sort of stuff. And people might say, oh, but this isn't related to George Floyd. And it's like, okay, but there are fundamental issues, right? If you want to talk about, quote, systemic issues, you have to look at police as such. You have to look at right. the communities as such. You have to look at regulation as such, right? But to try and then conflate all of these issues in one situation and not be able to tease it out properly is the complete wrong way. And to just look, oh, black man killed by cop, focusing on the black man, part of it, it's, it's, it's not at all getting right. deep into the issue, right? Um, not at all. And you have to also look at the media ecosystem, the societal ecosystem in a whole way. Um, so it's just something to, you know, call attention. Yeah. To. And, and I, you know, the question I ask is, okay, had that been a white dude doing exactly the same thing George Floyd was doing, um, you know, allegedly writing forged checks or something like that um, and dressed the same way, acting the same way, behaving the same way when arrested, would that person have ended up dead as well? And I, I see, uh, I don't know why they wouldn't have, right? Mm. Just knowing what the cop's mindset is and how they're treating people who like that, um, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't they do the same thing to a white person, right? And, you know, I, and I, I think you, you can find plenty of examples of where white, you know, there, there was a Polish dude in Canada that died the exact same way that made made the news he was and the reason it made the news was because it was an immigrant and it was caught on camera just like this event was mm. and you know he was a white polish dude and you know we started getting training on uh excited delirium uh syndrome i think it's called where people suddenly crash when they are under restraint um they're fight 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 and then all of a sudden and you use all this force to restrain them and suddenly they go into cardiac arrest um, like it goes from 60 to zero in seconds kind of thing. Mm. And it, there's a syndrome behind that. And so we start getting training on how to, how to, um, restrain people. And this was especially for EMS. It had to do with people who were having psychotic breaks, uh, the breaks with reality where they're a danger to themselves and others they are fighting, they're violent. How can we safely take them down without injuring them or anyone else? And, you know, again, we use chemical restraints, like, um, uh, you know, we, we try to use as minimal force as necessary, you know, inject them with a sedative, let that work for a little while before we get into a huge wrestling match with them and, and, and strain them and let them calm down. We try to de-escalate things with the minimal amount of, of force, right? These guys jumped right on them. They, es you know, cops escalate things. That's what they do constantly. I see it every day on the job, every time mm -hmm. I deal with cops, every time they show up on scene, it, things just get worse and things escalate because that's, they're, they're a blunt instrument and they treat everything the same way. And this is the result of that. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David.